So, Father, we thank you today. All glory is yours, all praise is yours, all honor is yours. It's all yours. We come, we continue to yield that you would have your way through your word and by your spirit in our hearts and our lives, God, that you would continue to, to move in us, to cleanse us, to purify us, to focus us, to position us, to align us, God. Lord, that we would be where you want us to be, Lord, at every moment of every day. We would not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So we yield to your word and to the ministry of your Spirit in our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so after last weekend, who was encouraged last weekend? Who was encouraged with the women's conference? Good. All the women have got their hands up. That's actually really good. Who was encouraged with the message? And Nick was there. And Nick was encouraged through the, through the messages because he was looking after Viola. So that's it's true. He actually said it was really good. It's good. Um, it's good. I might sneak in next year. No, I don't know. No, 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 no. What? No? What? I'll just hide up in the loft or something. In the, in the, yeah. um, but then the message on Sunday, hey, with um, Adrian and what she brought was a great encouragement. And, you know, different people get different things out of the message and there, there's, there's a lot. And that's why I think it's actually always good to go back and listen to it again. Because as you listen to something that goes for 30 or 40 minutes, you're, like, you only pick up little, little bits that the Holy Spirit is just highlighting. But you know, there's, there's so much more meat in stuff. There's so much more. And so it's actually good to go back and listen to it again because you go, oh, hang on a minute. You know, so there was so much in that word from last Sunday. But you know, one of the things that you know, just kept coming to me time and time again as I was sitting there was the fact that you know, the enemy does everything he can to distract and disrupt. That's where, our, that's where our battle is, isn't it? It's not against flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers. And, you know, we've, we need to keep our hands building the wall, so to speak, and just give the other stuff to God. There was so much in that, you know, and I've been thinking about what is our response to all that. And then on Sunday night, as I said, there was a, just a one of those nights that you didn't really want to end. And I was reminded of the verse that I spoke about a few weeks back from Ezekiel 48 verse 35 that the declaration is over the heavenly city, the name Yahweh Shammah, the Lord is there. What a declaration. What a declaration. The Lord is there. And in Isaiah 66, we read this. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where could you possibly build a house for me? Where would my resting place be? For my hand has made all these things. And so they all came into being. It's true, isn't it? The one who spoke and created the heavens and the earth and flung the stars into space and Adrian was telling us how big the galaxy after galaxy after galaxies is and, and, you know, and, and how big God is because his hand, you know, and, and just go, wow, how big is God? Well, what, what on earth can we do? 
And we read this. This is the Lord's declaration. This is still in Isaiah 66. I will look favorably on this kind of person. One who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word. He's looking for our hearts. That's our response. That's our response. The way we walk before God. Because God is changing us from glory to glory. Amen. Hands up who honestly feels that their lives are being changed right now. That things in their hearts are being changed. Things are shifting right now. Most of us. Our response has to be to make the Lord even more central. Has to be. Not just, not just here in what we call restoration, but here. Here. The core of our being. To make Him even more central. Because you don't realize until you start to make Him more central that you go, man. There's even more that I need to make him central of. He's he's central of the building. He's central of your business. He's central of your family. He's central. Make him central. Make him central. Take communion. Do it in your families. Do it in your businesses. Do it in your homes. Take take communion. Make Jesus central and just just see what he will do. Is there an amen? Because as we make him central more and more and more, that is when we begin to start to worship in spirit and in truth. We don't just come from living our lives and we sing a few songs on a Sunday, but Jesus is central in absolutely everything. And so we begin to worship him in spirit and truth. Is there an amen? It's not locked into a time slot. It's not locked into a structure. But it's our heart's response to him that we begin to worship him in spirit and truth. That's why it wasn't about a temple and it wasn't about a mountain. When Jesus was speaking in John chapter 4, it wasn't, it's not about that. It's about our hearts and it's about our response and we need to make him even more central. Psalm, Psalm 24, which is our youth ministry's verse now, you know. Who may ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands, clean hands and pure hearts. One who does not lift up his his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. It's about making him central. It's about making him everything. It's about letting go of stuff that doesn't matter. It's about getting rid of stuff that's in the way. And it's about making him central. Because that's what I honestly believe. We're seeing times of refreshing that are breaking out in different places. And I believe there are times of refreshing breaking out amongst us. But we're not just to sit on a time of refreshing and go, that was so good. The invitation is to respond to him and say, Jesus, everything we have and all that we are is yours. And we want to live for you. In everything. Because God wants to transform Bundaberg. Not just refresh the people of God. Is there an amen? He wants to transform Bundaberg. Is there an amen? 
Jinjin, Childers, 1770, Agnes Water, this region. His heart is for transformation of this region. But he doesn't want us to do it from a works mentality. He wants us, he, he, he wants us to do it as a response to his grace and his love that he's poured out amongst us. And we are so refreshed and, and, and encouraged that we just can't help but being people of transformation. He doesn't want us to fill our lives with so many programs that we don't have any time. He wants us to naturally just live with him and breathe and have our being. And your workplaces will change and your streets will change. And yes, there are things that we do like feeding and helping and clothing and all that stuff. Yes, but it's out the overflow of our hearts, isn't it? It's not like, oh, I better do that. Isaiah 40 a verse that we revisit every now and then. You know, every valley is being raised up. Every mountain is being laid low. The rough ground or the uneven ground is becoming level and smooth to become a highway for our God, the glory, that the glory of the Lord would be revealed. And isn't that what we want to see? Do you want to see the glory of the Lord revealed in such a way where people go, the Lord is here? Anybody else? Oh, there's only like a dozen of us. Come on. What's wrong with putting your hand up? Anyone else want to see the glory of the Lord manifest in this city, in this region, in such a way that people go, the Lord is here. We don't even have to tell them that God is here because they're declaring God is here. The Lord is here. Look what the Lord has done. He has done great things. I couldn't walk, but now I can run. I was blind, but now I see. I was deaf, but now I hear. I was stuck in addiction, but now I'm free because who the sun sets free is truly free. Woo. And then Jim Stone can get out his guitar and he can go, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He, really, he touched my mind. He, just in time, I'm going to praise his name. His love is just the same. Deb knows it. Praise him. Come on, pray. Look what the Lord has done. Yes, come on. Can we get a bit excited in church this morning? Is that okay? Is that okay to get a bit excited? Look what the Lord has done. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. That means because he gets the, all the glory. It's not what, this is what this person did or this what this ministry did or this what this church did. It's look what the Lord has done. He has done great things. He will get all the glory. Is there an amen? Come on. Woo. <laughs> So, so in response, we need to cultivate and we need to value his presence. Amen? We need to cultivate, we need to value his presence in us, amongst us, here. We value his presence. It changes the way that we are even here. The manifest presence and glory of God. Heaven, touch, and earth is everything. 
I saw Niels, he, he's not here today, he's up in Mackay. He was here last weekend sharing his testimony about his back and stuff. He put the post up and said, you know, um, people are looking up for Jesus to return and creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God to be revealed. That's, that's, that's us. All creation is in birth pains, longing for the people of God to rise up and go, I am a son of God. I am a son of God. I am, I am loved. I am secure. I'm accepted. I'm anointed. I'm gifted. I am here to declare his kingdom come and his will be done. I am a son of God. Once we know who we are and whose we are, it starts to affect the very people around us. Is there an amen to that? The enemy would do anything to stop that. The enemy would do anything to stop that. I've shared before that in the past that I was in a place that I felt in the spirit was pregnant with possibility. It's probably the best way I could describe it. Spiritually, it was pregnant with possibility. You sense that there could have been something significant of God that would make a profound impact. And it was heading in that direction until words started to come. We're going to be on the next Transformations video. We're going to be known right around the world for what God has done. And straight away I was like, oh no. It's not about us. It's all about Him. The best thing we can do is to walk in Isaiah 66, the one who humbles themselves and walks in a submissive spirit and trembles at his word. Love and humility are key markers in the kingdom of God. Love and humility are key markers in the kingdom and we can never forget that. The enemy would do anything to stop the plans and purposes of God. We want to live out the principle of Yahweh Shama. The Lord is here. It's the way the Lord is glorified. Or one of the ways the Lord is glorified. If the presence of God doesn't distinguish us, what, what does? We've been there before, haven't we? In Ezekiel 33 where Moses is interceding for the people. The stiff-necked people, the ones that are making this golden calf and rebelling and there was drinking, there was... Ex ex well, yeah, anyway, all kinds of stuff happening. And here's Moses interceding. And he said, Lord, do not send us up from here if your presence does not go with us. Because remember... The Lord has said to them, I will not go with you, but I will send my angel. And Moses knew that that, that wasn't right because it couldn't be God's people if God wasn't there. And so Moses started to intercede and he said, Lord, do not send us up from here unless your presence goes with us. And so God looks at Moses and he, and he saw his heart and, and he found favour with God. And God said, I would do the very thing that you have asked. 
You see, Moses wasn't positioning himself going, look at those stubborn, rebellious people. He was positioned with the people saying, God, we are your people. Remember, do not send us up from here without your presence. See, he was humble and he was submissive. He was trembling at the word. Amen. And the Lord said, I found just you have found favor with me. I will do the very thing that you've asked. My presence will go with you. And Moses makes this this statement. He said, what else distinguishes us from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else distinguishes us from all the people that are living in this region that we live in? The presence of God manifesting through us, whether it's in love and joy and peace, whether it's in healing or life or whatever it would be, the presence of God is what distinguishes us from all the other people on the face of the earth. This is why we need to make room because we need more, more of his presence. The words that we speak would not be our own, but they would be so anointed in every conversation. We wouldn't just speak, but we would carry the wisdom and the anointing of God to turn people's hearts, to turn situations, to change things. Or by the very warmth of going up to someone and just giving them a hug. The presence of God can touch somebody. And bring change in their life. Amen. But we've looked at before. Moses was like, this is, this is great. But Lord, show me your glory. That's the longing. Thankfulness and gratefulness, but hunger for more. Do you have that hunger? Are you thankful and are you grateful? But do you have that hunger? If you don't have that hunger, get people to pray for you. Start to pray yourself, God. Refresh me, revive me, restore me, God. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Start to declutter stuff in your life. Start to make room. You can't put stuff in your fridge if your fridge is already full. Sometimes you walk into your pantry or your fridge and you go, gee, there's a lot of stuff in here. No? Just bits, leftovers. Anyone ever done that? Walked up their fridge and you just, there's leftovers and there's like someone, someone you know, gave you some stuff and you go, oh, we, we don't really eat that stuff, but it, well, it's there. And there's all this kind of stuff. And you open your fridge and there's like stuff. You know, our lives can be like that. There's just stuff. There's just leftover stuff. There's bits of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff. And there's no room for the stuff that really matters. Right throughout Scripture, I'm going to try not to take too long. It's, hang on, just... The really encouraging thing is this. Hey, I remember like years ago when we first started, if we went to half past 11, someone would go, well, your services are going too long, Tim. That's true. You know, we can get to 12 o'clock and beyond. And we're just like, my Lord! Well, that's how I feel anyway, anyway. 
God's, God's moving, see? You see, we just, time is like pfft, irrelevant. We just want more of God, don't we? We could be like Africa and like meet for six hours. Woohoo! We could, we could worship a bit. We could teach a bit. We could have a meal. We could break bread together. Then we come back and have another session. And, you know, we could just be like Africa. Woo! Higher, 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 higher. Higher, higher, lift Jesus higher. Sorry, I just remember Bishop Adonai. Anyway, bless him, bless him, bless them. Anyway, right throughout Scripture, we see the Lord and his presence as central, don't we? Right throughout Scripture, from Genesis through to Revelation, we see the Lord and his presence as central. We see it in the Garden of Eden. I haven't got time to get into that one. But I just want to look at some figures in Scripture, some people. Enoch was one. Genesis 5. You know, there's only like four verses about Enoch, but a couple of verses in Hebrews 11. You know, he, he was a man who walked with God in such a way that he pleased God and God took him. Just picture that for a minute. <laughs> he was walking with God in such a way that he didn't even taste death as we know death to be. God took him. Oh, I want to walk like that. No, seriously, I'm, it, it, it challenges me. It challenges me, but it also stirs me in a good way just to know that it is possible to walk with God in such a way where there's nothing else, there's no clutter, but we're so pleasing to Him. Our heart is so pleasing to Him that He says, Child, you are mine, come. Poof. Do you know where Enoch went? Can you imagine being there back in those days? Where did Enoch go? Well, obviously they knew because it's written. But Enoch, the presence and the, and the centrality of God was central to his life. Moses, we just read about that in, in, in Exodus 33. The presence of God was, was central to Moses, it wasn't just an afterthought. David, who the Lord declared is a man after my own heart. The presence of God was central. He was the one that brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Yes, he had to learn how to do it God's way rather than the, the world's way. But his heart was for his presence. Psalm 51, you can read all kinds of stuff into that. But the thing that that stands out to me is that he wasn't standing there, God, oh, please don't take my kingdom from me. He was actually saying, God, don't take your presence from me. You see, sometimes we go, oh, please, God, don't take... No, no, it's your presence. Would we be a people like David that, that would stand there in the midst of that prophecy? prophet and the judgment of God and say, God, don't take your presence from me. It tells me that the presence of God was primary to David. Is there an amen? Are we going okay? Haggai, Nehemiah, these people in Scripture, the restoration of Jerusalem, the restoration of the wall, the restoration of the temple, it was all about God and the restoration and that God was, you know, was things were being restored that that things would be the way they're meant to be. There where the enemy had got in and overthrown where sin had got in. And everything that happened happened. 
But there was a restoration that was going on. And I believe that's what's going on in the church across the nations. It is a restoration. There are times of refreshing. There's like other stuff. But there's a restoration going on because Jesus is coming back for a bride that made herself ready. He's not coming back for people that are like, um, ho-hum, I've got to have coffee now and a donut. He's coming back for a people where he is central, where he is the focus and where it is about him. And I believe that we're starting to see that across the nations. The ho-hums are disappearing. The lukewarmness is disappearing. And you're either hot or you're cold. And there are some people that might have said, you know, I'm a Christian. But they're falling away because their heart was never with the Lord or the Lord never had their heart. They had a form of godliness but denied his power. They were Sunday attending people that said, I'm a Christian. But deep down their hearts were seeking after other things. It's always in scripture. Even Paul had a right-hand man called Demas who deserted him because it said Demas loved the world more. Jesus with his father. It's always good to look at Jesus, isn't it? Uh, good, good. Jesus had a pattern in his life where he would just take time out. I think that's a good pattern to take. Every now and then, just take some time out. Because life can get busy really easily. Jesus had to be disciplined in this area as well. Because he was tempted in all things. So Jesus had to be intentional. Jesus had to be disciplined. And it said, it says in Luke chapter 5 as an example, uh, Luke chapter 5 verse 16, that Jesus often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. And you see that. You see, you see that in Mark 1. You see that in Luke 6. You see that in other p- places in the, in the Gospels that Jesus would just withdraw himself from the crowd And he would spend time with the Father. You see, it was central to Jesus. The church in Acts. We could just open up Acts 2. The presence and the glory of God, Jesus, was central to the church as it was born. Is there an amen? And in Revelation, I mean, we could could go through every book. And we can see the centrality of Christ in all things. But in Revelation 4, after I looked, there was in heaven an open door. The first voice that I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and there was a throne in heaven, and someone was seated on it. The one seated there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian stone. A a rainbow that had appeared of an emerald surrounded the throne. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the throne sat 24 elders dressed in white clothes with golden crowns on their head. Flashes of lightning and, and rumblings and peals of thunder came from the throne. Seven fiery torches were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Something like a sea of glass similar to crystal was also before the throne. Four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back were around the throne on each side. 
The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was like an ox. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And each of the four living creatures had six wings. They were, cov- they covered, uh, they were covered with eyes all around and inside. And day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Can you imagine that vision? The glory. They never stop saying. They never stop saying. They never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to the one who is seated upon the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, that's kind of interesting way to write it, whenever the living creatures give glory, they're always giving glory and honour and thanks. The 24 elders fall down before the one seated on the throne and they worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns. And say, our Lord and God, you alone are worthy to receive Glory, honour and power because you created all things and by your will they exist and they were created. What a beautiful picture. What truth. The Lord is restoring the tabernacle of David. Amos 9.11. It was all about the presence and the glory of God. It was about worship that never stopped, day and night, night and day. It was about influence. The church is actually meant to have influence. The church in the book of Acts had influence. That's what happens when there are moves of God. The church once again has influence. Because the presence of God and the glory of God is so central and the people worship Him 24-7. The worship never stops and God starts moving through His people. And the things that took years are taking months and the things that took months are taking weeks and the things that are taking weeks are taking days and the things that are taking days are done in a moment. The way we walk before the Lord matters because nothing is hidden. Last Sunday night at the, towards the end, I had this verse of Scripture that came and I, from, from Ephesians chapter 4. The music team, you probably can make your way up shortly. I could read the whole chapter, to be honest, but, you know, it says... Don't let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the the devil an opportunity. There's so much teaching right there. But But he went on to say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. 
Don't grieve the Spirit of God. And people often ask me, they go, how do we grieve the Spirit of God? Well, Paul says, let all bitterness, anger and wrath, shouting, slander, be removed from you along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God forgave you. In Ephesians 2, which has been a passage I've been in for the last few months, it says in verse 19, You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling place in the Spirit. You see, we may be about to enter into a building of bricks and mortar, which is going to be such a blessing in so many ways. But there's something else that's happening. As the building is being put together, God has put in us together. And it can't be shortcutted. You can't shortcut the building project. You can't shortcut what God is doing in your life. You can't shortcut it. Because if you do shortcut it, you're going to come unstuck somewhere. Foundations are so important. More important than we ever realize. Because it's the foundations that even if there's a swaying, Guy and Rosaline said in New Zealand they were in an earthquake that went for like four or five minutes and everything was just swaying. But if the foundations are okay, it's going to stay. And it's not just the building, but God is doing something in our hearts because the Word of God says that you are being built together to become a holy temple, a dwelling place for the Spirit of God, where the Spirit of God is not grieved, but where the Spirit of God is welcome. Sonia had a, had a vision during the week when we were praying, and she saw a vision of this road that was wide, and it was like we were all on it. There was a, well, there was a heap of people on it, and people were just walking. But as we were walking, the road was getting narrower and narrower. Can you stand up for a minute? Can you face that way? Come out this way a little bit. There we go. So as the road narrows, we're getting closer together. And there's a little bit of this. Can you just give me a bit of space, Kathy? Like, give, me a bit, give me a bit of space. But if we walk with humble and contrite hearts, we go, you know what? There's stuff in me. The Lord is building together a holy temple to become a dwelling place for His Spirit. His presence, His glory, central. Look what the Lord has done. Jesus prayed, I pray for also that those who would believe us, that they would be one as you and me are one. As Jesus and the Father are one, He prayed that we would be one as He and the Father are one. God, do it in our lifetime. Do it in us. 
do it right here. That we would be one. One in spirit, one in heart, one in mind, one in purpose. We, we wouldn't even go to disagree over theology anymore. Because Jesus and the Father don't do that. They're one. You see, if we put Jesus back in the center and the focus is upon Jesus, he starts moving, he starts working, he starts bringing people together. When he is lifted high, he will draw people to himself. I want to encourage you to get excited about God. (laughs) I want to encourage you. Declutter where you need to declutter. Remove what needs to be removed. Deal with what needs to be dealt with. When you come with you, gather here, whether you're gathering in a home group, whether you're having coffee during the week, whatever it is, make Jesus the center. Worship Him. Worship Him. Keep your eyes fixed upon Him. When things are going on and when the enemy's trying to sow some stuff, put it aside and say, no, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to keep my, my eyes on Him. You know, just start worshiping. Just start declaring truth. You are worthy of it all, God. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. All glory, all honor, all power. You are worthy of it all. Don't partner with the enemy. Don't partner with that other stuff, but partner with what the Spirit of God is doing. And let's give him the space and the room to do what he needs to do in us, amongst us, and through us. Let the overflow come. That's what happens. There's an overflow. When you're refreshed, when you're being filled by the Spirit, when stuff's happening in you, it just can't, you can't contain it. There's an overflow. And many of us have been through hard seasons. Many of us have been through hard stuff. Many, you know, many have been believing God for promises that still have not yet come. Do not give up. But encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's just worship Him.